0: I think the last time I taught, I was uh, leading song, time of worship, and music, and that transition is always difficult. This was easy, just to walk up here. I'm a little out of place now <laughs> from that, but uh, also, um, it's a wonderful thing to, to be able to sing in the congregation also. What a, what a choir we are here. Uh, to lift praises to our Savior. And and people sometimes ask, could you describe your church? And like, well, we love God's word and we love to sing, amongst other things. But uh, I sure appreciate uh, just the time of worship this morning. And, you know, when we sing that song, I can't help but be uh, reminded of the day that we'll be in heaven with our Savior. And we'll have every tribe, tongue, and nation kneeling before our Savior, singing, Worthy is the Lamb. And so, you know, it's aptly titled Revelation Song because the the words of that song come from Revelation. But I'm looking forward to that day. And if we uh, think we sing okay here, it's just okay. Wait till we get to heaven, right? Your voice will be redeemed. I mean, think of that. (laughs) I'm saying that no more cracking, you know, and and I speak for myself. Uh, You've heard it. You know, you can't hide it when you're on the mic, uh, it, it squeaks sometimes, but wow, what a, what a great morning of worshiping God. Let's pray, and we'll, uh, um, oh, actually, no, I want to do something first. Well, you all bowed your head so well, and I said no, and like, boom, <laughs> you popped up. A, a few of you, we were here last week, and a few of you weren't. I just want to, again, take the opportunity to say thank you for allowing my family and myself to take a month off, and to have a time of sabbatical and a time of rest, and that's exactly what it was. Um, we, we just really spent a lot of time, if you ask Karen, I think she would say, I don't know if we've spent as much time as a family. We, we can't remember spending that much time together. And actually it was a good thing. It wasn't like the Bickersons were together. I mean, we were, you know, really enjoying each other and um, just had a lot of rest. I know for myself, um, I know this sounds kind of strange, Kelsey and I went to a baseball, I watched a lot of baseball. Uh, You know in the middle of the week and which doesn't get to happen too often I know that might sound silly and maybe selfish or whatever, but it was a great time of rest And so uh, just time with family and friends, and so we thank you for that. I would also um, Encourage you on one thing. We visited three churches And I want to say this as graciously as possible, but one of them just flat-out wasn't friendly And I won't mention names, but, you know, here comes this family of five. We sit in semi front and center, and there was nothing. Let's make an effort here. Just a reminder, and I believe we do this. Um, That's partly why we do our greeting time. But people who've been here a long time, make an effort to find someone you don't know. It means a lot. And if it doesn't happen, believe me, it sticks out. And so we're called to love one another and to reach out. To uh, those who visit so uh, we love each other too so I know you want to see your friends but uh, I just want to encourage you in that area it does make a difference and if it's not doesn't happen it's kind of a bummer so uh, anyways on a better note we're going to get into God's word but it is a good note because you're doing a great job on that but let's pray and then we'll uh, start our message father we thank you we thank you for this morning. Father, I thank you for Grace Bible Church. Father, I thank you for just a time of worship. Lord, I thank you and praise you that you have taken a people who were dead in their trespasses and sins, lost, blind, and Father, you've given a sight. You were found now in you. We're now alive. Through Jesus Christ. And so, Father, that is why we sing. That is why we're here. That is why we listen to your word. And we ask this morning that it penetrate our hearts and change us. Father, that it makes us more like you. So, Father, be with us now as we look into your word. It's in Jesus' great name we pray. Amen. Well, our text this morning uh, is in James Chapter one, and, and actually, I'm, I was thinking about it. I've had the opportunity to teach uh, in the past, a little over a year ago. Um, we talked about trials, and the, actually, the gift that trials are uh, for us is God gives to us um, wisdom during our trials, they're a gift. As it says in verse 17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So even in our trials, we worked back and we saw that we are to consider it all joy when we encounter our trials. But the, but the chapter moves on. In James uh, chapter 1, we're going to read verses 18 through 25, and that will be our, our text this morning. If you would like to stand for the reading of God's word, let's read our passage. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Please be seated. So as we jump, jump into our text, what I, would, what I would want to do for a bit is just remind you of how practical the book of James is. And one way to summarize the book of James, although there are many, is this. It's a letter stating how our saving faith, or the saving faith of a believer, how it works. There are a lot of commands in the book of James. In fact, a lot of people say, boy, it works, works, works. Are we saved by works? Absolutely not. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. But that faith produces within us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, an ability for the first time, to work and so there is a way a Christian ought to live. And so, if we are saved, how do we live? And the book of James talks about how do we handle trials, how do we handle temptation, how do we treat others, how do we treat visitors, how do we treat rich people, how do we treat poor people, how do we control our tongue or not control our tongue, how should we live with each other, what should our motives be in our actions. How do we live if we're rich? How do we live if we're poor? And today, our section of this chapter, or out of the book of James, it's going to outline the response of a believer to the word of God. What is the response of a believer to the word of God? And we're going to see three responses this week. Let's start with the first one. The first response to the word of God is the word of God brings new life. To the believer. The word of God brings new life to a believer. If you look at verse 18, it says this, of his own will, that be God, out of God's own will, he brought us forth. Now, what do you think it means to be brought forth? We're speaking of new life. We're speaking of of new birth. It's speaking of being born again. And so out of his word, out of his own will, he brought us forth by what? What was the power It says this, by the word of truth. We have been brought forth, we have been saved by the word of truth. The word of truth is the gospel. The word of God brings salvation. Can you be saved without hearing the gospel? No, because we respond to the truth of our sin, of our Savior, and the work on the cross. And so when the gospel is presented, the word of God brings salvation. Now, do people reject it? Sadly, yes. Sadly, they do. But if you're saved at a point of time in your life, you responded to the word of God. As it says in verse 18, out of his own will, out of God's will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. And we need to know that the word of truth is the gospel. The word of truth, it is the gospel, the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. Other passages teach this. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in what? The word of truth, the gospel. The word of truth is the gospel. Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 13 of chapter 1 of Ephesians. In him in Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You know, I can't help, I wasn't going to teach on this, and I'm not going to teach on this, but I love, I love this passage. I love how it says, in him, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you believed in him, and you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You know what it means to be sealed? Sealed. Back in Roman times and back in these times, the king would pour wax and he would put his official seal. And you did not break the seal unless you were addressed. It was disobedient to the king to break a seal. It was an official act of sealing. Well, can a seal be broken then? Not when it's done by God and not when you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? It is so good. But you see here, the gospel is the word of truth, or the word of truth is the gospel. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. It says this, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. How have you been born again? Through the living and abiding word of God. The word of truth is the gospel. Romans 10, right? Verse 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So the word of God brought us salvation. That's our first response. The first response that ever happens, the first response that you make through the power of God working as he gives us life, as he awakens us, is a response to the gospel bringing salvation. I am thankful for the word of God. See, the word of God reveals Christ to us, and we respond by by God's will in faith, and it brings us new life. We are new creatures in Christ through the word of truth, the gospel. Does that make sense? If you're a believer, your first response was faith in Christ for salvation. Some of you may not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I pray today you respond in faith to the gospel. We just sang the gospel. We we're going to proclaim the gospel. The word of God is the gospel. And to put it simply, you are dead in your sins, but God is rich in mercy, and he gives life through Jesus Christ, who went to the cross to take the penalty for your sins. You need to realize you're a sinner and place your faith in the work of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. I pray you would respond to that. But for those of you who believe, praise God that you responded. And do you get any glory for that? No, because, verse 18, of his own will, it was the will of God, he empowered, he acted, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures so that we could be his best his first fruits so we move on response number two then the first response again we responded to the gospel the word of truth the second response is this we respond to the word of God with a desire to receive more and more of God's truth does that make sense we respond to the word with a desire to receive more and more of God's Truth. See God's word within us brings a desire for more of Jesus. It's like a buffet. Any of you ever go to a buffet? Every save yourself, save up. You're like, okay, tonight I'm going to the buffet, so I'm not eating. Or Thanksgiving dinner is even better, huh? It's like, okay, I know the turkey's coming, I'm not eating. Why? Because you just want more and more, and then the turkey hits, and you're asleep. But you, I can, I think I can push on for pie. I can do this. And we want more. What we want is to respond to God and his word in the same way. Look at verses 19 through 20. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Now you see those verses right there and you might say, well, those just sound like wise sayings or like a good guide or a good suggestion for everyday conversations with our friends, with our family, with our coworkers, your people you go to school with. Be quick to hear, or quick to hear. Be a good listener. Slow to speak. Just keep your mouth shut. You'll look wise. And which, by the way, is biblical, right? <laughs> Proverbs 10, 19, where there are many words, sin or transgression is unavoidable, unavoidable. but he who restrains his lips is wise. But yet you could say nothing and you still might not be that smart. <laughs> right? So, so you know, some people just say, just be quiet and you'll look smart. Okay, that sounds sounds good. But again, it is a biblical thing, especially as we're quick to sin with our tongue, aren't we? So we agree with that. Listen well to others. Don't be a know-it-all. Don't interrupt stories. Let the person get it out. Keep your opinion to yourself, unless asked. And even then, maybe keep your opinion to yourself. <laughs> Slow to anger. Don't get angry. Now, I'm, I'm kind of a Star Wars guy, a little geeky. This kind of sounds Jedi-ish, doesn't it? Be slow to anger. That's the best Yoda voice you're getting out of me. You speak too much. Doesn't it sound that way? It's got to be something more. And we know that many scriptures speak to these very issues. Later, James addresses the tongue and the destruction our words bring. Ephesians, Paul commands us and tells us to watch our anger. Be angry, yet do not sin to have gracious speech towards others, to be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving. But in the context of this passage, we are seeing an instruction on how to respond to the Word of God, and that's what we want to hit on this morning, and so we see a key point in verse 21. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and what, receive, receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your soul. So let's go back to verse 19 and then see these commands or see what what James is saying in regards to how we respond to God's word. So verse 19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to hear. I was thinking about this and as we talk about the believer's response to the Word of God, I would ask you this. Are you quick to hear the Word of God? Do you have a desire to hear the Word of God? I would say by being here today, I would hope and I would think that on some level you have a desire for the Word of God. Here at church, you know we teach God's Word. We know in His Word comes the great message of salvation through Jesus Christ. Christ changes sinners. The word of God proclaims salvation in and through Jesus Christ. So, did you or do you come ready to receive truth from God? We know that God speaks to us through his word, right? Even in our scripture reading this morning, by the law of the Lord, which is perfect, restoring the soul, by them, your servant, us, were warned. In keeping the word of God is great reward. Do you have a heart that is quick to hear? Do you desire the word of God like fine gold? Any of you watch those mining shows on, I think it's Discovery Channel or or one of them? I do. I watch it with the kids. It's unfortunate that there's a lot of beeps on there. But like they're diving under the ice or they're always trying to get gold. What happens when they get gold? Well, they start getting crazy. and And you see like gold fever. And they don't think right. I can stay under this water Another 15 minutes, and then pretty soon they're gasping for air. Why? Because their hunt for gold is all-consuming. And I can imagine that if I was a gold miner, I would get tunnel vision really quick. I know my personality. If I'm hunting for gold, I'd be like, don't talk to me. I'm getting the gold. Is that your response to the word of God? And not in an unfriendly way, don't talk to me, I'm getting the gold. But are you getting the gold? Are you hungering and thirsting? Does this is this honey to you? Is this tri-tip? To put it into our context. Is this your favorite? Is this your nourishment? Quick to hear. And we're not talking about the presentation or the skills of a communicator or a pastor or their humor, but does the word of God bring satisfaction? Are you hungry? Be quick to hear. Place yourself in every opportunity to feast on God's word. Do you spend time in God's word during the week? Is it your chart? Is it your guide? Are you feasting on the word of God? So quick to hear. Do you run to the word of God? Slow to speak. When listening to God's word, be slow to speak. I'd say another way to put this is this. Allow God's word to teach you. Allow yourself to be changed by the word of God. And don't fight back. Don't fight back. Or don't talk back. I always feel bad when my kids are in the room. But, so we won't talk about my kids. Let's talk about your kids. (laughs) Have you ever had a discussion where you have asked your children to do something, and they say, is this up for discussion? I hear what you're saying, but, and then they wanna just kinda change it around. Or is it just my family? (laughs) Right? And sometimes we say, well, let me think about it. No, not up for discussion. And we don't give it a whole lot of. how about no? Go do what you do. Right, and we want obedience. How about when your kids are little? Do you know why it's important to have instant obedience? Well, what if they're running into the street? Stop! Well, car's coming, but dad, can we discuss this? No, you can't stop or you're going to get hit by a car. We need obedience. When it comes to God's word, don't talk back. Oh, but aren't we prideful? Hey, I am preaching to myself. Oh, it couldn't say that. Does it say that? Does that, God, does that really mean that? That doesn't sound fun. That sounds hard. I don't like hard. Don't talk back. Slow to speak. Now, when we're in God's word, I'm not saying to blindly follow and listen to any pastor, any teacher without discernment. So, so hear me on this. We must be like the Bereans in Acts 17. And it says, when Paul and Silas arrived in Berea, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. See, they almost got, there was like a riot. They were going to go get Paul and Silas in Thessalonica. They escaped the Thessalonians. Thessalonians? Mm-hmm. Nikans? I don't know, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. They were going to go take Paul and Silas. They snuck them out, so they go off to Berea. And it says this, the Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things or the things Paul and Silas were teaching were so. Many, therefore, believed. Go to God's word and examine it. Spend time in God's word. And then as the Holy Spirit speaks, listen and obey. We need to examine the scriptures. We need to study them. But in the midst of hearing God speak through his word, listen and hear from him. Be careful not to be one who says, but God, I want to discuss this first. There's so many issues in scripture where we fight God. And I'm speaking of myself too. We like to start talking and like to start speaking. We want to get into a discussion with God when we're really called to action and we're called to obedience, forgiveness. We are clearly commanded in the scriptures to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. But yet we often speak back to God. You don't know what they've done to me. I'll forgive, I'm not gonna forget. I'm gonna remember. I'm keeping a little book. Karen was mean to me on the 10th. Better not happen on the 11th. But I forgive her. Right? Is that forgiveness? Or, I told you if you did that again I'm not forgiving. I'm done. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you, Ephesians 4.32. You know what's amazing about that? I've talked to people, and I, I've actually, this. I was thinking about this. Well, they never said sorry, so I don't need to forgive. They never said sorry. Jerks. I'm not forgiving. I don't have to. They didn't confess. They didn't say sorry. When they grovel, I'll think about it. We're called to forgive as Christ Has forgiven us. Do you know you sin countless times a day without even knowing it? Did you confess those sins? You didn't even know you did, right? Are you forgiven? Absolutely. Christ has forgiven all of our sins. And he knows, Psalm 103, he's mindful we're but dust, right? He knows who we are, he knows our weaknesses. And he takes our transgressions and he throws them as far as the east is from the west. So if you're one, uh, if you're one of those people who just like, lives in fear of the forgiveness of God, he forgives you. What I like to do is, father, I confess my sins and I know I sinned in ways that I don't even know. I mean, have you ever wronged someone and you're like, hey, how come you're not talking to me? Well, you're a jerk. What? What'd I do? And then you realize, oh, I did this. But you didn't know it? And then you have the opportunity to say sorry, but sometimes you just don't know. You're forgiven. How should we then forgive others as God in Christ has forgiven us? It's kind and it's right and it's a command, but we fight God. Don't fight God. I've gotten on forgiveness a little bit more. We're commanded not to take vengeance. Do you know a holy God? God says, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. What is it our need for vengeance? To make something right, to feel better, to get back. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, it'll, we think it'll make us feel better. Here's the problem. We're sinful. Now we're being changed and made more like Jesus Christ every single day, but for us to take vengeance, we're saying, God, I can handle this better than you. And that is a scary thing. Let God take care of it. Guess what? The sin that was against you grieved God way more than it could ever grieve you because he is holy and he hates sin. So when God's word speaks, don't talk back. It is dangerous to speak back to God. When we come upon God's word and when it says to do something, we humbly obey. In Romans chapter 9, it's a chapter on the absolute sovereignty of God. In verse 20, God says this Who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Now, in the context there, he's saying, God, why'd you make some this way, some that way? Paul says, That God says, who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Don't elevate yourself in that situation. Come humbly before the word of God. Slow to speak. I can't help but also think, I want to give a quick warning to those who wish to teach God's word. It's scary. And we can't help in the context, it's slow to speak, Slow to anger, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And then chapter 3, James is going to talk about the tongue. And the first verse, it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Every pastor trembles at this. And I would say tremble is, is kind of the, the right word. I was nervous this morning. At one point I was like, I kind of like leading worship first because my mind is centered on, on the task uh, of leading you all in worship. But as I sit there, the weight of bringing God's word is heavy. We know that these passages are here. And then yet again, As James talks about we stumble in many ways and we can't bridle our tongue who's able to do so if you can bridle your tongue You can pretty much do anything. Do you know how much pastors talk a? lot There's times of counseling. There's times of public teaching of preaching God's Word and that alone is a heavy task And then it's recorded and then it's on video. And any mistake you make, it goes out on the www for the world to know that you were an idiot on Sunday 10-12. <laughs> yeah, we chuckle. I'm glad you can chuckle. It's scary for us. And people will throw it back in your face quickly. And you Confession, you will sin sometime in the pulpit. You will say something inappropriate. Now, God may be calling you, some of you, to teach. It's a calling. Don't neglect it from the fear. The Spirit equips, and God's grace is there for us to do what he's called us to do. But we need to be slow to speak. It is a scary, scary thing. And we can't get past, if we're following James and looking at the context of where he's going to go, slow to speak, hey, be careful. May not many of you become teachers because you're going to be judged stricter. And then the rest of us, quit setting fires all over the place with your tongue. Slow to speak. 2 Timothy 2. Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. So obviously this is a context of teaching. Those who are hearing quit talking and arguing about words. It doesn't do any good. But to the pastor, to the elder, he is saying, do your best to present yourself to God. And actually he says this to all of us. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So in the context of scriptures, be prepared and handle rightly the word of truth. Slow to speak and then slow to anger. Says, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Anger. Ever been angry? How'd that go for you? Doesn't go well for me. Is it, something just like snaps, right? And you don't think straight. Anger just takes over. Why'd you say that? I was angry. Well, yeah, you were. You were a nut. Be slow to anger, because it does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Kids have asked, is anger a sin? The high scores have asked that. Ephesians, be angry yet do not sin. There is some room for righteous anger. I'll, I'll give you that. But be very, very careful. I don't know where that line is, and I know for me that line crossly quick quickly crosses over into sin. But the anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. And if we're talking, as we are today, about what is the Christian's response to the word of God, anger has no part. When God's word is being taught in our times of devotion, in our times of study, in our times in God's word. You see, God's word is strong. God's word is authoritative. It's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, the scriptures say. And in our flesh, when we're apart from Christ, we were weak, we were dead in our sins, we were fully rebellious, and we were enemies of God. Any of you, before you were saved, remember hearing the gospel and getting angry? Or have you ever presented the gospel to someone and you see the rage in them? How dare you tell me I'm a sinner? How dare you compare me with a murderer? How dare you compare me with a liar? I'm good. Don't you know that? And the anger wells up. And anger thwarts the teaching of God's word. They're angry in response to God's word. Oftentimes we see the world responding in anger and rebelling against the Word of God. Just watch the news. Is the world in rebellion and angry at God? Absolutely. But yet now we have Christ in us. But a battle still rages. We still get angry. We still struggle with anger against God. Oftentimes we question our circumstances. And remember, where we just were in James, if... Consider it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. We take our trials with joy rather than anger. But oftentimes as we start to question our circumstance, in our circumstances, we don't see God's grace and his mercy in the midst of our trials. And we carry anger. And we carry anger against God or against others. And anger takes over. And suddenly, every passage we read, every sermon we hear, becomes a situation where we wish our enemy was in this service so they could hear this message. They need it more than me. Do not gossip, oh, I wish they were here. Then the Spirit would convict them. And we start thinking of others rather than ourselves as we hear God's word. We start saying, people need to change. I don't need to change. See, anger towards others and anger towards God will quench the spirit. It hinders a proper response to God's word in our lives. So I believe what James is saying here is know this. Know it. He's saying you need to know. My beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. So therefore, high schoolers, when you see a ver- therefore, what do you ask? Someone y'all out. Thank you, high schooler. Cheating, but that's okay. You see a therefore, you ask, what's it there for? It's pointing back. Because anger does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Because you need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Your filthiness and your wickedness, the sins you want to hold on to, will thwart a proper response to the word of God. You say, no, I want to hold on to it. And James is saying, put it away. Put it away. Do you know almost every t-shirt I own is stained? Because in the last five years or so, we've gotten in a horrible habit in our family. We, oh, sorry, I just got the look. We don't eat at the table as often as we should. So we do a lot of this. And then I like salad with olive oil and, and balsamic vinegar. Do you know olive oil is like the enemy of a t-shirt? And it doesn't take much. You stab your salad, psh, it goes, and then it gets right there. That t-shirt is no longer good for public use. I'll run in it. I'll go for a jog. I'll do gardening. I'll wear it when I get sick and have a cold or when I want to lay around the house. But it's stained. It's blemished. And what do I do? Hey, you need to go teach, teach high school Wednesday night. Oh, I got to go change my shirt. That is a common line in our house at 630 on a Wednesday night. 630 Wednesday night. Hey, you heading off to high school? Yeah, I got to go change my shirt. Why? I'm not going to go Present myself in a stained shirt to the high schoolers. Even though you should see how they come. I'm just joking. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. Or worse, one time, go to Carl's Jr. Western Bacon Cheeseburger with my friend Rick. We would go to lunch quite often, and that was on the list. We would go there. I have a job interview that afternoon. What do you think happened with my supersized soda? It hit me on, on, the, on the pants, everywhere. That is not coming out. That's stained. It was a job interview for a carpet company. What am I going to do? I'll tell you what I did, even though they're closed now. I went to Mervyn's. And I put off the stained pants and bought a new pair of Dockers. And I looked spiffy. Why? Because it was stained. And would I get that job if I kept the stain? They go, who is this guy? Does he care? When we care about... Who we are in Christ, we put off the stains. We clean the filthiness, and we put it off. And what do we do in place? We receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. So take off, eliminate the filthiness and the wickedness. Let God's word reveal what is wicked and filthy in your life. And then be quick to hear that. Be slow to discuss that with God. Be slow to anger and receive it. Feast on it because it's good and it changes us. We got to put the junk away. Humbly, gently, right? Right? Receive with meekness. There's a gentleness there. There's a surrender there. There's a bowing of the knee and a humbleness that I'm not going to fight you, God. I will submit to you and I want to receive the word of God. And you see our salvation. It's proof of it. See, once saved, and Scott has said this many times, we're always changing. God's word changes us. The third response a believer has to God's word is we act upon it. We do what it says. Verses 22 through 25. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Be a doer, not just a hearer. And I would say this, be a doer, not just a student. Be a doer, not just a theologian. Let your theology propel you to holiness. But don't be just a smart professor, know it all. Is it good to know theology? Absolutely. Do you know there are professors in colleges who know God's word backwards and forwards? They know Christian theology backwards and forwards and they do not have the power of the Holy Spirit changing them. But they know God's word without its power. They don't do it. They haven't been changed by it. They haven't responded to the word of God in faith. So don't just hear but allow yourself to be changed by God's word and go do it. A believer responds to God's word with a changed life. I love how James uses a mirror illustration here. I, like many of you, I like mirrors. I'll confess to you, I care about my appearance. But if there's a mirror, I'll do a quick look. And I'm looking good, looking good. Or I'll go, ooh, that needs fixing. How many of you have ever done that? Is there anything in my teeth? Spinach. Gotta love the spinach in the teeth. Sometimes for family pictures, I'll purposely put it there. That's true. We look at a mirror and we go, ooh, looking good. Or we go, oh, something needs to change and something needs to change quickly. We care. Something needs to change. And something needs to change quickly. Thank you, Lord, for showing me and revealing this to me. Something needs to change. Ah, yeah. That's good. How was your time in the Word? I read my five minutes this morning. I just read it. It was good. What would you read? I don't know. Something about Jesus. Yeah, allow it to change. You see, we care about our appearances. Guys, have you ever ever left the house and maybe you shaved in the shower and you're driving to work and all of a sudden you look and then right there is just like a nice patch? Like, oh. like I need to keep a razor in the car. And then someone will say, someone was shaving on the way to work. We check our hair, we check our shirts, we check our presentation of this. And when we see a problem, we do the absolute best we can to fix it. Ever go out to a nice dinner? You wear something nice. And you care. James says when we ignore God's word, or respond in arrogance or anger to his word, we're like a person who doesn't fix the problem after it's revealed to him. Or to them. We deny the problem. We forget it's even there. And I would ask you. I don't know. Every one of us is different. But what are your struggles? Don't fight God. Our scripture reading this morning. Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect. Restoring the soul. Your soul is restored by the word of God. Don't fight it. Don't fight God. Obey. Act upon it. Let's pray. Be like the wise man, right? Who built his house upon the rock and Jesus said, everyone who acts acts upon these words of mine and does them will be wise. The one who builds their house on the sand and ignores the word of God will be foolish and they will fall. What is your response to God's word? Some of you may need to repent and believe. And I would pray that you would respond in faith to Christ. For us as believers, as Christians, let's respond and commit our lives and ourselves to feed on God's word, to seek it. Don't neglect the nourishment that comes from the word of God. And then as he shows us how we are to live, let us act upon what God says to do. And you know what's awesome? He's given us his Holy Spirit to propel us into action. We don't fight that fight alone. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I just thank you for the book of James and how practical it is, how instructive it is, how you, uh, through the power of your Holy Spirit, had men speak from you so that we today can still receive power and instruction from the Word of God. Lord, this book is like no other, because it is, your, it is your very words. And so, Father, thank you for it. Father, I pray that we would have a reverence for your word. Father, that we would have a desire to feed and to be nourished on the scriptures. Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, as we close our time, may you go with us this week. May we begin to practice and do what your word says. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.